Welcome, welcome back to the Mastering the Conscious Feminine podcast. For those of you who are new here, my name is Katie. I am an intuitive and energy healer, and I love talking about conscious relationships, conscious conception, learning how to use our intuition, and also discovering our soul's purpose. Today, we are going to be talking about one of my favorite topics ever with a special guest, Natalia, and she will be coming on here very shortly. We're going to have the best conversation with you guys and balancing the masculine and feminine energy. And it's going to be a really, really great discussion. Hi, Natalia. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. We discussed a little bit beforehand before going live the different energies that are currently happening within our society and how there's a bit of a mix-up happening in relationships right now. You know, we have women embodying a lot of masculine energy and then males embodying a lot of, I don't want to say feminine energy, but a bit of a wounded masculine. And we're going to get into all these terms during the live. But I am curious as to how you came to know this work and to really start to dive into conscious relationships yourself. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. So um, it's been such a beautiful journey for me. So honestly, and it was someone asked me this once recently, like, what was the book that changed your life? And uh, I like immediately without even hesitating, I said The Way of the Superior Man by David Data. Now it's like, why would you read <laughs> the way of the superior man, right? Um, as opposed to anything for women. But it, actually that book, because I always deeply wanted to understand men because I thought that they operated differently than I did. And when I was having issues in my own relationship, I was like, well, I need to fully understand the other person in front of me and able to have a, a better relationship with them. And mm-hmm. It led me to read that book and that book, I, after I finished, I was like, oh my God, like I've never felt more understood as a woman because he has an entire section speaking, you know, to the men about what women want. And I was just like, oh my God, I was like, I was like, I feel so seen. I I literally, I felt so incredible that then I went on to read his other books, um, the Dear Lover book. And when I finished Dear Lover, I was like, I need to learn how to embody what he's talking about. And I went on his website and luckily like a couple days later, there was gonna be an event that was called Dear Lover um, that was starting and it was about the feminine embodiment. And then after that, I worked with a feminine embodiment coach, Nina Lombardo, she's phenomenal. She's worked with David. Uh, personally so and you know and then I've just that's been my exploration to you know to this work and now I'm sharing it with others I love that I'm actually halfway through the way the superior man and dear lover like I'm switching between both books at the same time but I felt Hmm. the same way like I'm only halfway through the way the superior man and just like Mm -hmm. how you said you felt understood as a woman that's how I felt like I just felt like oh there's actually someone who understands who who isn't a female yeah so I give it I give it to every man that I meet like when I meet a man I'm like please read this book and I was like if you ever want to understand women I said just read this book and it's really good for you too because it's it's for it's for men 
Yes. And then with Dear Lover, that really forced me to start opening my heart more because mm. I, I feel pretty magnetic in my mm -hmm. current energetic state. But when I was reading through the different concepts of learning how to break down shells and barriers, mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, I think I still have some <laughs> that yeah. are still up. And it's just so eye-opening. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the concepts in these books. And I, I felt like, you know, still talking about Dear Lover and the way the superior man, I already believed all the concepts that were in the books, but mm -hmm. I didn't have a verbal way exactly. of trying to explain these beliefs. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they both just do such a great job at putting these images and wants mm -hmm. and desires that both men and women have into uh, verbal language. Exactly. Exactly. And the reason that it made so much sense was I think one of the first things or concepts that he talks about is yearning and is about like the feminine yearning. And uh, Nina also talks about it a lot, how it's our natural state as the feminine is is yearning, is, is longing for love. And I was like, that's me. And I was like, I'm always yearning for love. And I've always like, I always wanted to squash it. I always wanted to, you know, just be like, oh, no, like, I'm just being, you know, like, obsessed or, you know, something like that. But there is this inherent longing that is very natural within the feminine, because it's our longing to be connected to something outside of us, like God or source, or, you know, it just is, is you know, whatever consciousness. Um, and his third book, I mean, he has a lot, but intimate communion, it talks about the three stages. Because yes, there is this aspect of understanding how we embody femininity, but then there's another aspect of like the full surrender. Yeah, like I definitely, I feel yeah. that energetically, like the different stages that occur. There was a specific concept, I forget which book it was in, but he was talking about, you know, as a woman, like, you can chase a career, you can chase a business, you can go travel, do this or that. But that love that comes from the divine masculine will not be fulfilled, you know? Mm -hmm. And obviously, he's not talking about it in a sense of being codependent or anything like that. But just highlighting the fact that as women, there is a certain level of foundation and support that we yearn for and that we crave. Mm -hmm. And then for men, there is a certain type of responsibility that comes with holding the space for the feminine. And I just love that. Like, I yeah. love just sitting in my bed at like 10 o'clock at night and reading through it and being like, Oh, I did not realize that that's something yeah. new. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really it's beautiful, really profound work that I, I think like, you know, if, if everyone knew and fully understood this, I think the dating world today would be so much easier, you know, because, because, yes. and because a lot of the women that I work with, because I was like that as well, just so hardened, just like just so much in the masculine energy. And if you don't understand the different energies, and if you don't understand what, what energy you want to embody in specific relationship, like in, in, you know, then it, it makes it a little bit more challenging to, to just know what you should be emanating, right? Because you attract your reciprocal, mm -hmm. right? If, you, if you're just embodying love and embodying feminine nature, and what's important for that also is to keep in mind that as the feminine part, it is to embody love 
and to emanate that without anything external from us. So it's like we are just this emanation of light and this emanation of love. And it doesn't like then anybody else that's around us is only reflecting that love that we have inside. But mm -hmm. it's not like because us women, we think that like when when we get into the partnership or in the relationship, like that's when we're going to be happier. Like that's when we're going to feel the love. But we can feel the love right now because we are mm -hmm. love. A hundred percent. I've also heard from so many women mm -hmm. where they're just like, but I'm such a good person and I do this right and I do that right and think that they're embodying this love and magnetism when when you look underneath, there's a belief, well, I can't fully trust, I can't fully surrender, I have to control in this area and mm -hmm. that area. And I feel like that's where the barrier comes into place. I feel lucky that I am met my current partner in high school. I mean, I'm 20 now, so I'm still fairly young, but I feel happy that I was able to find the embodiment of the divine masculine at such a young age and be able to, in my long-term relationship, just go through these different stages. Meanwhile, I see, especially in my generation and also just in general, this, uh, like this power struggle, this competition between men and women that really doesn't have to be there at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and I mean, and you definitely see that in the workspace as well, because because women, they you know they thrive on being independent now, and I think that there's nothing wrong with that. I, I encourage all women to be completely independent with their business, and you know, and do and be a whole sovereign being, but know when to turn it off right know when to when you get home like how are you becoming soft is there a practice where you soften is there a practice where you're releasing emotion is there a practice where you are creating something for yourself that is softening because if you come home to your partner with that masculine energy then it's just going to be that like competitiveness between the two and nothing gets resolved like that and i've been in relationships like that and they're not fun <laughs> They're not. Where I, before I knew this work, before I understood feminine, like I was just so in my masculine and so was my partner and we would just butt heads so much. And I now just see things with a different perspective. Mm -hmm. There's actually a quote that David Data mentioned. I saw like a YouTube video of one of his past events and there was a woman who asked the question, I forget the exact question, but he... Uh, gave like a very blunt answer but in a jokingly way where he was like you're trying to find a man who's more of a man than you are yeah <laughs> and that struck a chord because you know obviously like you said it's good to be independent as a person but mm -hmm. we have to find that softness and there's a bit of a stigma behind femininity that it's weak because in a previous times and centuries of course there were periods where women were seen as less than mm -hmm. however it's not that that no. plays into today it's the energy it's the vibe it's how much can you open and expand to let love in you know exactly exactly yeah absolutely and as you were saying that i was just thinking about the polarizing magnets right it's like it's like you, if you're just, if you're putting out so much masculine energy that then how are, you know, and that's, and that's one side of the magnet. You can't attract 
something and create that like a spark of attraction and just like, you know, just really hot, just like a connection with someone. If you're on the same side of the pole, it's not going to be attractive, right? Mm -hmm. So, so it's like, so it's, it's each person's job, right? Whatever you identify the most. And we talk about this with energy because it's like, if you identify with a more feminine core, it doesn't matter if you're a woman or a man, or if, if you're a man and you identify more with the masculine and the feminine, I think like that's kind of where you first have to start. <laughs> you know, it's just identifying like, where do I feel most comfortable with in relationship? And then know, like be like, oh, I just, I feel comfortable on this side of it. And no, and exactly what you were saying, like know that it's not weak. No, it's, it's, actually, it's actually the opposite. The, you know, I've spent so much time studying different goddesses, different queens, different, um, you know, emanations of, of the goddess, you know, and, and they've all been so powerful in history. They've, all, you know, just Mother Mary that could carry Jesus, like, just like if Jesus wouldn't have been born if it wasn't for Mother Mary, like, it's just, there's just so much that really has been overlooked, that I think that now we get to open up the conversation and and, uh, you know, and be able to soften up a little bit because there was a lot, a, a, a period of time where I was dating that, you know, like that I would tap, you know, I would step into my feminine and they would be like, oh, like, you're not angry that, you know, I'm opening the door for you. And I was like, oh my God, no, please. I was like, <laughs> I, I like, I want you to like, oh, like, I like, oh, you don't want to split the top. And I was just like, no, like, I mean, if you want to treat me, like I, I'm more than happy to receive. And then there's just like, I've been in arguments with women in the past that are just like, no, like I need to like pay or like, no, I got my own door. And that right. type of aggressiveness is not going to lead us to having that relationship that I think truly the feminine w want. Mm -hmm. So there are two things that you mentioned that I want you, that I want to touch on. The first one is when you were mentioning having that very like, passionate connection and relationship and like we all deserve that however sometimes we mistake a certain type of passion for you know for being that and for being this chemistry and this mm -hmm. um this sacred connection when it's actually a trauma bond oh yes oh yes <laughs> watch out for the <laughs> trauma bonds <laughs> yes it's very important to know the difference between um, when your nervous system is acting up and when it's actually that you're, um, you know, calling in someone that is activating your trauma versus that aspect of what you're talking about, about, about the healthy polarity. Yeah. Um, there mm -hmm. was actually, there were a few times where, so obviously I think that, you know, sometimes feeling butterflies when you're around someone that you love or you're like, is totally normal, but I remember thinking often before I got into a long-term relationship where I was like, I don't want to feel butterflies because that means I'm anxious and I don't want to feel anxious in the presence of my partner. I want to feel calm, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like when we, when we activate the nervous system and we get all riled up, it just, it makes us kind of feed off of that. And if that's yeah. happening in a situation where it is a trauma bond, then we don't know how to function without it. And then mm -hmm. let's mm -hmm. say that relationship ends and then we feel empty when we're actually just releasing the nervousness that came with that. Absolutely. So, and, and that's why I encourage 
women to actually not have sex with someone until they really know that the, if, if, first of all, what do you want? Right. <laughs> it's like, if you want, if you want a long-term relationship and you're meeting someone and you have that activation feeling, it's because like, it takes some time and it takes a certain amount of self-awareness and, and awareness of your body and how your body is reacting to someone to kind of know. And, you know, and I always say th there's a three month rule, not that you have to sleep with someone after three months, but after around three months of dating someone like you actually really start seeing their true colors. It, you know, it's just mm -hmm. because like the, that, that first initiation kind of like, you know, goes away and then you really start, you know, seeing someone for who they are. And it's important that to really like notice those things because, because, you know, it's, to, to a certain extent, we're never fully healed of our trauma. We're never going to fully heal our abandonment wound or anything, right? But if you're with a person that is act, like actively working on themselves, and then you create a container within the relationship where you do feel that calm, and you feel that sense of, oh, like, I feel safe, like, where it doesn't feel like, oh, when they haven't texted you, that your brain is going to explode or that your heart is like palpitating like really fast because you don't know because you haven't been given clear direction of where it is that you're heading or you're going. So that's kind of ways for you to just really, you know, like think about because then, then the moment that you have sex, it creates a block and all your, all your logic just, just goes away because you, you bond with that person. Yeah, and, it's, and, then, then, it's, and then it's harder to, you know, then you're, then you start making excuses for yourself and you're like, oh no, but they're just like, but they're like this, but they're like that. And then, then you get into a pattern where you want them to change <laughs> and you want things to be different, mm -hmm. but you just have to actually just trust that what they show you is, uh, is what they are able to give you in that moment. Yes. And also when we're intimate with someone, we exchange so much information on a subconscious level, you know, like we uh, we have a pop culture nowadays where you know of course if you're an adult you can say and do whatever you want like i'm not gonna tell someone like what you're saying should be like banned or illegal like no but we have a pop culture where it pushes that kind of ideology of being casual about it and then mm -hmm. you know someone has an experience with another person and then they come out of that situation and they're like, why do I feel so drained? Why do I feel so unmotivated? You know, because mm -hmm. one person will suck out all of the energy in unhealthy connections. One person will suck all the energy and the other person will be left feeling drained and tired and just wondering why they don't feel like themselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and usually that person is a woman <laughs> because we're because we are the receptive ones, right? Mm -hmm. So we're like we're taking it all in. Not to say that it's it can't be the other way around, but usually that's where you have to as a woman set really strong boundaries for yourself to what it is that you're calling in and what you're allowing in your body. Not only with with men or with partners, but with, you know, with drugs and alcohol and anything that doesn't actually make you feel good with friendships. It just in general, if you don't feel filled after a conversation, if you don't feel like your heart is expanding, uh, you know, after you hang out with a person, if you feel drained of energy, that is usually not a good sign. And, mm -hmm. and these are the subtle signs, right, that we have to actually listen to. 
but then act on <laughs> because sometimes we're, we love to ignore the signs, right? We're like, oh, I feel so drained from this. Like, oh, I don't feel good about this. But then you keep on going back because, you know, mm -hmm. it's that trauma, right? That you're trying to, trying to learn something from it or just you're activated by it. Yeah, and not just in romantic relationships either, but friendships as well. Like when I started my spiritual journey, this is like a whole other topic, but I'm going to keep it short. When I started my intuitive journey and spiritual journey, it was like one after another, each friend that I had just didn't resonate with me anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I would go out with them and I would come home and feel so drained. And I let that go on for a long time, actually. <laughs> but luckily, it's, it's, I was it's able the, to. Yeah, it's the to, hardest part. <laughs> it's the hardest part of the spiritual awakening journey is, is letting go of old friendships that no longer resonate with you. I help a lot of people go through that process because you kind of have to go through a cocoon stage before you emerge as, as the butterfly, right? But, mm -hmm. but the hardest part is, is letting go to your old self. And that includes your old friendships. Yes, definitely. So going back to the intimacy part of it and also with opening our heart in the feminine, I have been through this on a physical level. So for three years, my body was just like tight, like would not open in any circumstance um, to the point where it was actually painful. Mm. And it, I used to have, a, I like to call it a savior complex because I just thought if I could heal every broken guy that I met that the whole world would be great and I could just help everyone, but that was so unhealthy. And that traveled through my body to now in my, in my long-term romantic relationship where it was an issue of mine for a long time mm. and that there was still underlying beliefs around trust and it was why I could not fully open in mm -hmm. intimacy. And that kind of goes back to something that David Dana said in Dear Lover, that how open we are is a reflection of the openness of our heart. And sometimes as women, we don't understand that because then we might start to think, well, I don't want to be seen for just this or that, or feel like I'm being used. But on the woman's end, it actually has a huge connection. And the mm -hmm. more we can expand our heart, the more we can receive the attention and mm -hmm. pleasure that we want. And like, I've luckily been able to heal that. Oh, <laughs> like, good. We're so all good now. <laughs> <laughs> but that's such a huge thing that we as women aren't really taught, especially in the earlier parts of our life, you know, when we're going through puberty, adolescence, teen years, early 20s that there's a connection between mm -hmm. the two and we don't have to close our heart just mm -hmm. to prevent someone seeing us in a way mm -hmm. where we don't feel as worthy yeah yeah well um nina actually talks about this a lot she talks about because we have the ability and the power to you know, because it, obviously we're always emanating just an open heart and we're just really open for maybe things that don't make us feel safe. Because at the end of the day, a lot of women don't feel safe to fully open themselves either because of past traumas, either, either because of sexual traumas or, you know, because something has happened to them in the past where they've gotten unwanted attention. And uh, the thing is that we can allow ourselves to actually have control over zipping up our energy 
right? And, and zipping it up and just, but still remaining that juicy love flow inside, right? So it's never allowing ourselves to like fully dim our light because as the feminine, our deepest wound is not feeling seen, right? But mm -hmm. it's like, you can't be seen if you're not showing. It's like, you have to show yourself to be seen or else how will anyone see you? <laughs> but... Mm -hmm. So that, that goes, you know, with opening the heart and just with, with feeling, with feeling everything, with being able to feel nature, with feeling the trees, with feeling the wind, with, you know, feeling your partner, with feeling yourself, with feeling fabrics, right? It's just about feeling love in all aspects. But then in situations where maybe you're at an airport or maybe you're, you know, walking down a street where maybe it doesn't feel so safe, right? You can just like with intuition and with like your aura and energy, you just kind of close it down. You just, you close it down and you, but, but you don't let that inner, you know, flame die with it. You just are just closing it up a little bit to then expand some more. Mm -hmm. And then that inner flame that we do have, that can be channeled mm -hmm. through so many different things. I love to talk about using our feminine, our divine feminine energy to manifest and to create because a lot of times we don't really pay attention to our monthly cycle. Like we only, we only pay attention to our period, which we think has to be painful and uncomfortable all the time, but it's actually telling us to, to go inwards and to actually give it the care and nurture that it needs because mm -hmm each point of the cycle we can use to our advantage to manifest and to feel the way that we want. And that can actually be so powerful. Like I have used those practices multiple times that brought almost instant manifestations. Yeah. But sometimes we think that that sensuality and that feminine power can only be channeled through a man, through a relationship. Right. When actually we can infuse it into anything that we want to create. Yeah, right. Well, that's well, that's why the feminine practice is so important for you to embody it like by yourself, even if you have a partner, right? It's like this is a solo practice, just like whatever practice you have on meditation or physical activity or anything that you do in your life, your feminine practice is supposed to be done on your own. So then you can be able to bring it out. And like speaking about, you know, periods, I mean, just so many women that either want to, you know, take away their period or just like, I think that there's like a birth control that, you know, you can get your period like four times a, a year. And I think that that's, it's it, like, I, I invite people to really start paying attention because like life is cyclical, right? If I mean, the feminine is mother earth, right? So if we just look at mother earth, you know, she has seasons. And just how she has seasons, the moon has seasons, we have seasons, right? And we shed mm -hmm. every 28 days. And that period of just of, of shedding when we are actually bleeding is so powerful. And getting into our like normal rhythm of our bodies is really important because that is how, like you said, you, we can create manifestation through it. You, you know, because there's four different... Um, like within the 28 days, there's four different phases of your period. I forget mm -hmm. what they're all called. It's like menstruation. I think it's um, there's follicular, follicular, ovulation, ovulation luteal, and luteal, and then menstruation. And then menstruation. Mm -hmm. So which one is the one where you like channel all your manifesting? So it's funny. So to channel what I'm going to do for the month or the next two weeks, I do that. 
on my period because on your period when, so while you're menstruating because mm -hmm, when I'm on my period I also like I don't create any content like I might be on social media but I'm not posting anything and mm -hmm. so not putting out so much energy allows it to just bubble up inwards and then mm. I can channel with ease and then when that ends going into the follicular follicular phase mm -hmm. I start to plan out how I'm going to carry everything out and then ovulation is where we have the most energy like we feel happy energetic so that's the best time to fully push that out because during ovulation physically that is our window for creating life but that can also be creating life in terms of a new podcast guest, uh, more money, uh, a different career, things like that. And then after ovulation, the luteal phase, I like to mix a bit of both content creating and also channeling because it has a nice balance of both. But we can really take advantage of the energy oh, yeah. that each each part brings. Yeah, and I use a I use an app called Flow. <laughs> oh yeah awesome so yeah so that it tracks it for like any women that are that are curious like how do i find that out so you just make sure to put you know to kind of just track your symptoms and, and things like that um and then and then yeah it's it's very helpful to just be on your own cycle mm -hmm. so let's turn it over to the men now we've been doing a lot yeah. of feminine energy talk for this first half yeah. But a pattern I've noticed with a lot of men today is that there's just a lack of drive and purpose and motivation. So from your perspective, mm -hmm. what do you believe or what do you intuitively feel mm -hmm. could be causing this? Yeah, so I think, and, and talking about kind of like the three stages, like I was saying, it's like right now where we, uh, you know, when as women got so overly independent, right? then basically I think that, you know, they were exercising their masculine. Um, and that's the second stage, right? Um, because at the end of the day, we all have to be whole and sovereign beings, um, which, which, is a, which is a balance of the feminine and masculine energy. So I think that as that started happening and as women just started emanating so much masculine energy, you know, it kind of forced maybe or just pulled the masculine into kind of getting more in tune with their emotions, with their intuition, which is so challenging for them because they haven't given, been given the proper space um, to feel and, and, to, and to really kind of just express vulnerably about what they've gone through and to heal their deepest wounds. So I think that from like a societal level, I think that part of that, of what that is, is that because the feet, like the feminine just went so hard in the masculine, it just kind of like created that, polarization because drive and career orientation and just like getting things done and those, those are all masculine traits um but i don't think that there is enough enough in like there i don't think that there's a enough knowledge out there for men to actually fully be able to go into their feminine and then like still keep that masculine drive that they have because just like just like for the feminine, when we go into full masculine mode, right? We don't know how to come back to our feminine aspect um, because it, it just it, because we're confused because we don't know what's happening, right? For those people that aren't conscious of what's actually happening from an energetic standpoint, so I think it's the same with men 
And because the feminine and the, or the females, if, if we're just talking in, you know, in male and female relationships, when the female is just taking so much direction and isn't allowing the masculine to actually step up and make decisions, then they just kind of feel powerless because they're kind of, because women are handling both. Right. And especially with the Me Too movement that happened and especially with everything else that women, I, I actually, I actually like, I, I feel for men so deeply because I think that there's a, there's been this aspect of women like fully castrating men um, energetically by, by the way that they're treating them, by the way that they're communicating to them by not being soft. And that, that's, that's not to put the full blame on the women, because of course this has come with like thousands and thousands of years of, you know, of, of, you know, not treating women, you know, fairly. But I think that, that, that aspect that it's like a combination of like the energy polarity shift, but there is this aspect that then once men, you know, tap into their feminine aspects, into their emotions, they don't have the proper tools or the proper guidance to get them back onto a masculine route. And, and I have found that like to be true very much in uh, with people that I've worked with. Um, it's kind of like when I go into my super feminine mode, there can be a whole week where I just don't want to get a single thing done. Mm -hmm. So, it's, I, feel so, that so I think it's sometimes. like the same for the men, right? It's like when they step into that, they're just like, Oh, I like this. Like, I feel soft. Like, I don't want, I'm tired. I don't want direction. I don't, I don't know. That's, that's, that's my perception of it. I used to have a lot of male friends who were very like, just uh, putting blame on them, on themselves, feeling powerless and uh, also feeling ashamed for their desires. And uh, like you said, uh, there is a certain aspect of these dynamics where women have been almost energetically castrating men when it's like, of course, both men and women have to respect each other and there should be a foundation of common knowledge and courtesy that we all know for how to treat people. But there's almost like a shaming of men for their yeah. desires and what they want. And then they bring that into a relationship and a woman's like, well, what do you want? Tell me what you want. And they're like, no, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think it, like an example that I have to give, for example, um, is something that happened yesterday. I was just like moving some furniture around and I, I needed some help. And, you know, the, it was an older gentleman and he was so sweet and he was complimenting me and just being like, oh, like, you know, with your type of attitude, like, oh, like this. And, you know, he was he was just being very generous. And then all of a sudden he was just like, oh, like, I'm sorry, like, I hope that that isn't like offending you or something. Because like, there's been this like, you know, just overcompensation of just like, you can't even say anything to a woman anymore, because she's just gonna attack you. And I was just like, no, and I was like, thank you. Like, thank you for complimenting me. I receive it. You know, and I don't I don't think that just because you're being kind to me, like you're coming on to me. Right. Um, so so I think that it's 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 like what you're saying. It's there's there's this like aggression that women have right now that I just encourage that as the softening happens, that it's just something that just to bring into to the space and, and, and allow for men to be men and allow for, you know, for us to compliment them and not put them down. There's just, that's going back to the reason why I read The Way of the Superior Man. It, I, I wanted to understand how men functioned and men function very different than women or the masculine. 
and uh, and and it's important to like actually understand those things because it's like it's certain things like like it's it's i think one of the worst things that you can do for a man or for the masculine is to insult them in front of a in front of their friends or their peers it's because yes. yeah like that that's like that's a huge one that i learned and i know so many women that love to put down men in front of big groups even if it's just a joke men can do it with mm -hmm. each other because they have like a system but if a woman comes and just like you know because it's it, their reputation and rapport is very important for them and if you just come in and just say something really badly in front of them then you're just kind of energetically castrating them it also feels like it's a learned behavior between girls when they're young mm -hmm. especially now on social media going back to the compliment thing where it's like you post a picture and uh you know maybe you're seeking that external validation but then someone will be like oh my gosh you look so pretty and it's like oh my god no i don't i look like a potato like whatever it is <laughs> and then you know uh, you come into connection with the masculine who is trying to make you feel even more worthy and valuable and it's like well i don't really feel that way so mm -hmm. it kind of comes from that learned behavior and also with the insulting because there's a pattern that i notice a lot today especially in young teen girls i have a teen sister like mm. i'm totally seeing this where <laughs> yeah, they kind of just want to they just want to like butt heads and like talk behind each other's back and i said this about you so this is what i'm gonna do back but like not directly i'm gonna do it in a different way mm -hmm. and then that carries into relationships absolutely absolutely i mean just talking badly about anyone in general right and i think it's just a reflection of i think because i i and i was actually having this conversation with someone i, I really really pride myself on not speaking badly about anyone i don't have anything bad to say about i mean of course i have my like my opinions and like you know and 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 whatever but just to, to be vindictive and mean and speak badly about another person is the worst thing that you can do because it's actually first a reflection of how you really see yourself right because if you're spreading so much hate then that's that's just coming from somewhere inside but it, and, and at least for me from the from the latino culture it's so common to talk shit about people like it's it's just it's just what what you know what women do and women you know that are catty and things like that but then that goes back to that's not fully embodying the the essence of love and the sacred feminine because if you fully see other women as your sisters if you see every woman in the world as your sister then your your you know your your perception begins to change a little bit like you know, obviously a little bit of teasing that can happen with younger sisters. I have a younger brother, but you, you know, there's love, there's love there. There's respect that you have for, for the other person. Um, so I don't know. I, you know, that's just kind of what, mm -hmm. what like, I, I don't, I don't know what it's like to be Latino, but I always see the stereotype of like, uh, Latina women are like catty and like fight with each other and I'm just like why does this have to be a cultural thing you know not just in uh, in the Latino culture but other cultures totally. as well like I'm half Greek and you know it's the stereotype to be stubborn I do admit that I kind of have like a bit of stubbornness <laughs> but but it doesn't have to be the stereotype it doesn't have to 
like these sort of shadow traits don't mm -hmm. have to define us just because someone saw it in a group of people and was like, oh, well, this community mm -hmm. is always like that. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. sometimes I feel like especially us women, sometimes we use those external things to make excuses for how we act. Um, and I know you study astrology as well. And that's like such a helpful tool, but I see it so yeah. many times where it's like, well, I'm a Scorpio. And so I just say things this way. Yeah. <laughs> when it's like, uh, you don't have to though. Right. So it's like, so, and, and that's why I, in astrology, I teach the shadow aspect of astrology and the light aspect of astrology, because we all have our shadow self. And yes, Scorpios tend to be much more vindictive <laughs> than then, you know, if, especially if you have a Scorpio moon or something, then, then others, but that, that, and just in general with astrology in general, I don't like to use anything for you to be a victim and for you to act and like be mean, right? So like Mercury, we're in the middle of Mercury retrograde, right? It's, it's not Mer Mercury being in retrograde is just a reflection of what's happening from the macro level on the micro level, like your life doesn't have to be a complete mess because mercury's in retrograde just like your life doesn't have to be a complete mess when it's raining outside just because it's raining outside doesn't mean that now you can't do absolutely anything it just means that you're more careful it means that you know you're just kind of looking out and just being like i gotta prepare a little bit more because like i, I gotta drive a little bit slower but it's not it's not like completely affecting you to the sense that you aren't able to fully be um, because something outside external of you is happening, right? We still have like control of our internal. I'm working on that myself. Like I'm in New Jersey, so it's going to start getting cold, like new November through March. And I am a warm weather woman. Like yes, me too. Me That's why I do not live in the cold. <laughs> <laughs> like give me palm trees, a nice 80 degrees all year round. So like, even I'm trying to work on like, okay, it's going to get cold out, but that doesn't mean I can't be motivated. So like, I'm working on that now too, but it's definitely like, for the feminine, we definitely try to pick at the external things to totally to give and us I, the type of foundation. Absolutely. And that's, and that's also why I practice Ayurveda, because the food that we eat and that we consume during the time of the external is also really important. So, you know, so it's, it's like going back to our periods, right? Like, how do we actually how because at the end of the day, we are the micro of the macro that is Mother Earth, right? So it's like, if the weather is changing, then what are practices and what are things that then we can adapt to that are that are in complement or that are complementary for what's happening outside. So for example, when it's when when you're in the heat, when you're in the middle of summer, it's actually recommended that you that you um, that you work out less, and it's actually recommended that you double your workout when it's the cold because you're trying to do the opposite so you can balance yourself. If that makes sense. Wow, that's so interesting. Yeah, so it's it's really just working with the elements, and and we're so and some some of us are so disconnected with nature, so it's important for you to actually just look at what's happening outside. And then because to the end of the day, of course, it affects us. Of course, Mercury retrograde affects us to some level. Of course, you know, if it's cold outside, you know, I get like rigid and cold. And, and you know, we have to like warm up and bundle up and we have to maybe drink different things that are going to like support 
us staying warm, but it's still, at the end of the day, we still have the power within us to, to, you know, indicate whatever it is that, that we want to do. I feel like also adapting those things to our cycle makes it so much easier for the masculine as well, because when we're on our periods, like we don't have to be like, you know, that person who's just like in bed for five Mm -hmm. days and like demanding our partner like give me chocolate like no it doesn't have to be that way I feel like I feel like that's my motto through this whole podcast is like it doesn't have to be that way absolutely and so you know when we start learning our cycle and really flowing with that then yeah our partner can also learn that yeah and uh, start seeing how we flow and then they can understand our our energy behind everything mm-hmm. and then that makes it easier for them to hold absolutely. the space for us as well absolutely something and going back to you know the the masculine conversation that we were having because something in 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 reality as the feminine we we have a, a way not only to surrender to their direction right because at the end of the day to to fully be an embodiment of of the feminine is to be in surrender you know surrender to consciousness to our own consciousness, to God, source consciousness, and to the consciousness of whoever you choose to be your partner. So uh, if we don't practice that own surrender within ourselves, we can't bring it into relationship. And going back to what you were saying about the men and talking about the men, I think it's the same for the men. I think it's equal responsibility for the men to do their aspect of the work and for the females to do their aspects of the work, right? Mm-hmm. Of just of you know going back to just be like it as as for for the men it's it's important for men to continue to go to men's groups where they can feel like they can you know uh share their emotions or go to therapy or you know do something that is that is like allowing them to actually deal with the pain that's happening inside of them or you know to to kind of heal from like the the feminine aspect of it and and just and dance with it but then come back to, okay, what is my purpose and what is my drive? Mm -hmm. So before I add on to that, if anyone has any questions that you want me or Natalia to answer, then you can put them into the comments and we'll make that like, you know, the last few minutes of the podcast. I would love to answer any questions that come through. So going off of what you were saying, surrender has been in my experience personally, like one of the most difficult things to do because I am, (laughs) (laughs) because I am such a planner. Like I come up with ideas for plans a week ahead of time. Meanwhile, my partner, he's very spontaneous. He likes to just go with the flow of the moment. And that's actually very, very feminine. Yeah. And so I take on like this masculine energy of like well let's plan and let's do this and let's do that and like I am like a clock I do everything on the dot yeah (laughs) but deep down my desire is to not chase but to attract Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so as I have learned more and more how to just like take my foot off the pedal for a bit and let him do it first then Mm -hmm. I'm finding more joy in it because then Mm -hmm. I am attracting what my heart truly wants 
versus trying to get everything done or planned out so that way I don't have to worry about it. Totally, totally. It's that aspect of of if you want your partner because it's a dance, right? Of course. It's a dance like where you know, I I also have like a lot of uh, strong masculine tendencies. I mean, that's like probably, you know, like I'm like, I get things done. I'm like on time, you know, but when I am in the space of dating, when I'm in the space of being with people in relationship, I take a step back <laughs> and I just, and I, and, and the, the practice is to become directionless so they can give the direction because if, so it's like, Oh, if, if, if you are like, Oh, well, at what time are we meeting? Like, Oh, you know, like if you start asking questions to just be like, okay, well, like I need to know. And like, I have to have control and like all of this and you're not fully trusting and you're not allowing the masculine to step up as opposed to just like, Oh, like I feel confused or like, Oh, I feel, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's happening <laughs> or like, where do you want to go? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you're just, you're just like, I, you know, you just, you step into that role and then they're like, okay, I have to figure it out. I have to, you know, I have to like, she doesn't know. She doesn't know. You know, or like when today, when, when these men, you know, came to like build on my furniture, I was just like, it, it was, they did it so quickly. And yesterday I took like two hours to like build a chair. And I was just like, can you guys please help me? And they were like, of course. They're like, what do you need? You know? And, and, you know, so you like, it doesn't matter whether it's happening with your partner, but do it like, and, and play with it with, everyone around you know if there's someone that's trying to open the door for you allow it to happen mm -hmm. you know it's like you know then then just step into that role where, where where it is soft and see what happens actually it's very if you if you allow it as the as the female if you allow it to happen you will see what happens on the other end but you you can't go into like your masculine like I got it like I don't need your help because then you're never going to experience it and then you're kind of just pushing and suppressing it with the other person and eventually there you're you're going to be angry because you're going to be like well he's not masculine <laughs> and I don't understand like why I have to do everything but you haven't let them yeah and this concept can also tie into our connection with god source and universe absolutely because if we're trying to for example build a business right and we have all these ideas and concepts and like we're like i have to do this this and that and take all these steps and not really allow guidance to come through then we feel we feel stuck mm -hmm. um so uh, there was a question that came on here, but before we get to that, yeah, thank you both so much for your yeah, insights thank you, Jay. and anecdotes. <laughs> Super eye-opening and helpful. Thank you. Question here: What is a feminine way of setting a boundary in a relationship without sounding too masculine? Yeah, so I have a I have a lot to say on that. So. <laughs> So first of all, understanding that, yes, me, we've talked the majority of this conversation about the feminine being soft. However, the feminine is, is also fierce. The feminine, there, there's multiple ways to see the feminine. So if you want to take a look at the ocean, and I'm going to get to your question. I just want to like preface it with this. The ocean can be forceful. It could be strong. It could wreak havoc, but it could also be gentle and soft. So it doesn't, the feminine is the wild and the calm. It's, it's everything, right? And a true masculine man will know how to hold the container for all of it. 
because you can't just want one aspect of the feminine just be like i just want calm all the time so there's different aspects of the feminine so you know there's like the queen uh you know archetype th that that can be a little bit you know so so it's like if you want to think about setting a boundary like how would a queen set a boundary right maybe it's not like the priestess um or just like or just the one you know it, it's it's really really thinking about getting connected to what are your needs what are your needs as a person right and not blaming the other person for the boundary so if what you need is time and space and what if you need is not to be in communication with that person then you come from a place of i there's a really phenomenal book called nonviolent communication and it sets up a, a little structure of you stating your needs and then just requesting just be like is that something that you're willing to do so that my needs can be met that way you're not coming on and ripping someone's head off for something that um you know that 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 is a necessity of yours that way you're strong right it's fierce it's a it it could be a warrior type of boundary but if you don't know what that boundary is for yourself first then you're not able to to then you know you know give that outward does that make sense and as holia going back to your example of the ocean Mm -hmm. How I kind of envisioned the masculine part of it is the masculine being a captain on a boat who knows how to navigate it. And that is the point of the masculine when we are feeling that wild feminine. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, well, I know how to float through this. I know the way yes. to navigate it. And then yeah. eventually that ocean becomes calm and gentle again. And then if that does get more wild and fierce, mm -hmm. then there's always a foundation and a knowing on yeah. the masculine side on how to approach it. Yeah. And, and that goes back to the two people being responsible for their part in it. Because if a, if a masculine man hasn't dealt with his emotions, hasn't tapped into his own feminine energy, he's not going to be able to hold the space for the chaotic feminine because he's going to be afraid of emotions because you see that a lot with men that the women starts getting all riled up and as women we've been taught to like shun that aspect of ourselves but a true conscious masculine man will be able to handle everything of course if it's not abusive it's not coming from a place of trauma right but you know um but if a, if, the, if a masculine, if a man doesn't get in tune with his emotions, then he's not going to know how to be able to handle or hold space for someone that then is in their chaos or, or is overly emotional or, you know, or is in like their pure feminine bliss. And you'll find that, um, that most of those people is like kind of like the stage one concept of, uh, of not understanding or, you know, and then making the, the woman feel bad for having emotions or crying. And they'll like, I, cause I was in those relationships where I would just be crying. I was trying to express myself and they were like, oh my God, like, I don't, I don't know what to do with you. And, and, and then I felt horrible. And then it was like this ripple effect, but mm -hmm. I it was because I was choosing men that, that weren't in touch with their emotions. Right. All of this just comes with a need for balance and communication and 
like when, when you were saying about the dance, being able to dance between the masculine and feminine energies. And, mm -hmm. you know, when you do find that, it's so beautiful and heart opening. And like, I, I truly hope that so many people are going to see this and learn from it. So that way, you know, we can not only raise the vibration of the planet, but so everyone can have that divine experience of love. And Natalia, I want to thank you so, so much yes. for coming on. We had so many great topics that we covered. And I also want to thank those of you who left comments and questions on here. And for those of you who have stuck around the, the entire time, I hope you all learned something that resonated with you and that you took away from this. Uh, this is going to be uploaded to IGTV. And then the audio version is going to be uploaded on Anchor, which is going to push that out to all the podcast platforms. And then I will upload that to uh, YouTube as well. Amanda, I can DM you. Um, and Natalia, if you want to DM Amanda as well, because she has one more question. However, sure. I think the IG Live gets cut off after we'll try 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 type out the question and we'll try to answer it if it gets cut off then we'll we'll finish it on because it might be a really good thing that people will want to know as well true true ask away let's see i know it, it has like a little like it has been such a journey like going through my feminine i Oh, yeah. Used to, I used to think I was so feminine. And then once I learned uh, the true dynamics of it, I was mm -hmm. like, whoa, this feels completely yeah. different. So what do you, so yeah, so how to teach my man about the energies? What do you have to say about that? I would say put it into um, a tangible, practical sense. Um, I have experienced this with my partner as well. He understands more if I put it into a scenario, if I can take literal objects and show him how energies work, how each feeling feels in the body. A lot of men do need that tangible, uh, that tangible logical. teaching. Mm -hmm. yeah, right, logical, logical is the perfect, perfect word. So Amanda, you can start by going into the basics of how we all have masculine and feminine energy and they all just relate to different emotions and different states of being that is a very important one yeah so you can start from there and then hone in on each different emotion and to help him understand how that feels in your body and to ask him how that feels in his body as well and then you can build from there yeah and what i what i'll add to that is to make it an invitation if we want to teach. Um, because I've been in situations where I just want to like be like, okay, you need to learn this because like I'm learning it and therefore you're, you need to learn it too. So just to come in that aspect, come with a more feminine approach and, uh, and then just see, you know, at, like have it be an invitation and just be like, would you like to learn this that I, you know, that I, you know, that I really want to share with you and, and really step into your feelings and, why this is important to you from a feeling aspect before you go into the actual like explanation of it. Mm -hmm. That was perfect, Natalia. 
Thank you so much, Amanda, for both of your questions. Thank you, Jay, for leaving your amazing comments as well. Natalia, it has been such a pleasure talking with you. Yes, likewise. <laughs> and I will be in touch with you again soon, probably. We, uh, we should definitely do this again. This is yes, so absolutely. productive and beautiful. <laughs> absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for being here. And yes, Jay, I'm so excited for your journey. And read the way of a superior man. <laughs> okay. Thank you, everyone. I'll okay. see you guys soon. All righty. Bye.